0: Welcome to the Supernatural Cast, a podcast dedicated to rewatching Supernatural from the CW. Hello, welcome back to the Supernatural Cast. I am Jimmy in Georgia, and I'm your host for um, yet another episode here to talk about season eight of supernatural we are back once again and we're here to talk about episode three heartache and keeping a pretty good schedule compared to our past but still have not got these releases early as i would like and i'm sure as early as i really need to be to have a successful podcast but anyway we're trying to get better i'm recording here on monday night yet again and hopefully i have this out a little sooner than wednesday night that would be a good thing. That would be a very good thing. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how everything goes. So We're getting started here tonight. Like I said, we're talking about heartache. Uh, last few weeks, we have talked about, we need to talk about Kevin. We talked about what's up, Tiger Mommy. And we are back here third week in a row. And this is the fourth out of the five weeks for the podcast. This is I think this is a record for us as far as consistency goes. So I think that's a good thing. It's positive we're moving forward. We're get, <laughs> We're trying to get better here. Alright, well, today or this evening, whatever it may be in your case, uh, we are going to share a little bit of supernatural news, and I don't really get into everything, there's lots of stuff out there probably, but I know if I start searching through that stuff, I'll probably get spoiled, so I don't want to get spoiled, so I try to stay away from it. So I I will tell you about the ratings, and I can tell you you a few little things like that, but I'm not going to get any further than that, because I don't want to get super spoiled on stuff. So Anyway, so we're going to start off with a little bit of news, and this is kind of what we do every week just a quick you know look at the ratings for the episode that we're talking about this week again it's heartache and last week it had 2.19 million viewers with 1 million viewers in the 18 to 49 demographic and overall that was down from the previous week that had almost 2.6 million but the 18 to 49 did stay steady at 1 million so not all bad news there but definitely um still kind of in that range of, of things that the CW had last season with season 7 so I guess if they were, you know, happy with what their ratings were for season seven, uh, this should be right along with their, you know, happiness for season eight because it's right in that same kind of average. So that's pretty good, I guess. All right, well, like I said, that's pretty much all the news I want to get into. The only other thing uh, I have seen the preview for this week's episode that's Wednesday nights, and uh, it does look pretty, pretty interesting. I had heard something about this on Twitter, I think, a while back that it's kind of a found footage episode and. I know, there's, there's some interesting thing with found footage. I haven't seen the Blair Witch Project in years. I think I mentioned this somewhere recently. I wouldn't mind maybe checking that out again. I think it's on Netflix Instant Watch or Amazon Prime Video or something. I saw it on one of those recently. And then um, there's stuff like Cloverfield I really enjoyed. I watched Yellow Brick Road recently. I don't know if I mentioned that on the podcast. Uh, I never even heard of it, and I never would have heard of it, were it not for Cassidy Freeman of Smallville fame. And so if you're a Supernatural fan, maybe you watch Smallville. And so she's the reason I watched that movie and it was kind of interesting. It was different. Found footage thing. And so if you if you have Netflix, it is available on Is to watch. That's how I watched it, so it's uh found footage. This town, whole town disappeared back in the forties, basically. And this news crew, you know, investigative reporter or whatever is out there with a team trying to figure out what happened, and they go off in search of these people and their trail and their history of you know what would have happened to them out there in the wilderness. So it's pretty cool. Has kind of a random ending. But uh is it is probably what you might expect with people going off with a film crew out in the woods, you know, crazy folks and uh, people losing their minds and a lot of people dying, so nothing nothing new there as far as that goes. Some interesting little little things they did. i just I don't know, I was just thinking of found footage stuff. Obviously right now the paranormal activity movies are big, but I don't watch those. I'm not gonna watch those. I have no desire to watch those, so we'll uh, we'll stay away from those. But anyway. That, that is supposed to be the thing going on this week, so hopefully we'll be talking more about all that sort of thing coming up uh, in just a couple days, hopefully. Maybe we'll even get a little sooner than Monday. Maybe we'll get like a Saturday release. That would be cool. would be a lot better than like Wednesday night, <laughs> I think. Anyway, we're going to get into our feedback for this week. We like to start off the show with that. It was a kind of a recent addition to the show here. And one thing, I'll, I'll go ahead and hit that music and then we'll get back into it. I have a message here to, to talk about. Supernatural Cast Feedback. All right, we did get one email in this week. Don't get a lot of emails, generally speaking. It was from Chris, and it says in the um, subject line, we need to talk about your show. And it says, contact me via email or Skype. Uh, He sent along also an audio file, and it was an audio file of like some random Supernatural music with... I guess one of those like vocal effects where it's like super high, like a chipmunk, and then one that's super low, like Darth Vader or something from Scream. And so it was really unintelligible at that point. Couldn't not tell what Chris was trying to say. Um, Didn't sound very good, though, the things that I could pick out. But, um, unfortunately, like I said, it's unintelligible. Couldn't really understand what Chris was trying to get uh, his point across here. I'd be glad to hear what Chris has to say if he would uh, try again where we actually could understand him. I know we've mentioned this before. If you want to call into the show, you can do that. Or you can record something and send it in an MP3 file. That would be fine. Or you have know, your phone. You might be able to do a voice memo. If you have an iPhone, you can email that over as long as it's not too long. Because uh, there is some limitation where the iPhone only lets you send so so many minutes of talking over, even though it's not that big of a file. But, you know, you can reach us at our voicemail line. And that's 203 super Or if you're not a fan of the super thing, it's 203 747 8737. So we'd love to hear your voicemails that way. And over on our Facebook group, we ha- had a new uh, member of our little community there come along this week. So over on Facebook, you can't find our Supernatural Cast Facebook page. And uh, looks like we need about five more likes where they'll let me change it over to just more of an easy way to find it. But for the time being, you can just search for Supernatural Cast. You'll be able to find that. Um, and then a few days ago, Alice found us over there and liked the page. So, And they, uh, she found us over on Twitter as well, so thanks to you, Alice, for that. And apart from that, there we do have a few things to uh, touch on real quick. Courtney was listening to the episode last week and chimed in with a response to one of the questions. She said, hey, Jimmy, hey, Facebook page. To answer the email question from the podcast, the reason why Stephen Shoemaker died in the beginning is because he felt... Or Bloody Mary felt he was responsible for his wife's death. She overdosed on sleeping pills. And so I said, thanks. And she said, no problem, glad. I could put my supernatural obsession to good use. And then um, she also chimed in over on the page asking what everyone thought of this last episode. Heartache. Uh, and the last time I looked, let me just double check here quickly as we were recording. I think I'm the only one who's responded back to that at this point. But she says, hey, everyone, what did you guys think of the past episode heartache? I'm really getting that season one vibe. Back when Sam had one track mind, all he wanted to do was get back to his life. And Dean was just happy to be back with his brother. I'm happy that Sam has his normal life, but we all know the curse of the women in Supernatural. They never stay around long. Love to hear everyone else's thoughts. And so she you know, she posted that, and I responded back, and I had a really good idea when I was responding back to her. So uh, I'll share that here now. I said, I like this episode. You're right, it did feel like the earlier ship between Sam and Dean. And then, uh, this was just a, a thought that randomly popped in my head yesterday as I was responding back to her. She, I said, also, I thought an introduction of a Mayan god was interesting. That's the first one I can remember on the show, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember any others. But then um, on the Facebook group there, also said, speaking of which... It would be really cool if the last December episode, whenever that is, it was Sam and Dean saving the world from the supposed Mayan doomsday. And that would be awesome. They should totally do that. I don't know that they have plans to do that. Like I said, I'm not spoiled. I don't, I'm not seeking out any information like that, but that would be cool. And Courtney agrees. She says, now that would be awesome. And then she says, one day in the off season, maybe you could do a podcast about the women of Supernatural and how they just don't last. LOL. Hopefully Sam finds a balance. I hate to see the brothers break up. But then again, Sam, the poor kid always wanted a normal life, and he was the least normal of the Winchesters. yeah, that's true, very true. It's the tragedy of what he is, and that's pretty much all the Facebook feedback, I believe, other than you know some people liked our posts and things, so we can say you know, thanks to Roseanne and Courtney, who liked the um recap posts I made a few days ago and Kimberly also liked a Facebook post along with Dwayne and Courtney um, last week as well. So definitely appreciate everybody who checking us out over there on the Facebook page. Again, if you're on Facebook, go over to Facebook and search Supernatural Cast. You'll be able to find us. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can find us at Supernatural Cast. And uh, I always say that's kind of lame because it's Supernatural without the L. But that is the case. And, and we've had a few new followers here lately. We're up to like 228 over there. So if you're on Twitter, you haven't found us just yet. Check us out over on the Twitter. I know we have some faithful Twitter people out there who help us out. Uh, I'll give a shout out to you here that a lot of time will send us a, a follow Friday or or retweet something or whatever. Um and those include at my SPN site DK, at IHeartJensen A, at Wheezy02, at CJ underscore Winchester, at SPN underscore fandom, at blue Basia. And at Jersey Girlin PR, If you're ever on Twitter, I reply, send us a direct message or something. That would be cool. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I did a, a, a my, I off Friday myself, which I do sometimes. Over there, I guess it was Saturday. Maybe maybe Friday. I don't remember. Sometimes I don't do it. I forget about it or I'm busy. Um, but I did include myself in one of those follow Fridays. And so Alice found me over on Twitter. So if you're out there and you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Jimmy and Georgia. I usually mostly use that to talk to the Big Honkin' Show. Um, I mentioned Steve Lawson last week. We talked about the shows he and Derek have done, such as Geek Out Layout, which is current, such as the Starkville House of L, which is also a current one, and also my favorite, probably ever, Round 3. But anyway, I, I talked to him quite a bit here recently. I um, mentioned Paranormal Paparazzi. I've been at replying and hashtagging that on Friday nights so when I watch that. And then apart from that, I'll usually... And I kind of use that other than that to pretty much promote podcasts and stuff. I mean, every once in a while it might be something personal, but it's not like I'm up there. Hey, I just had a sandwich kind of stuff. <laughs> if you get annoyed by people who, dad, who, who do that on their Facebook and tweeters, 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 if they do that, whatever. Anyway, just follow follow us or follow me and I'll follow you back. Um. All right. Well, that's our feedback for this week. We're going to jump into our recap time. And as I've done the last couple of weeks, I have written up a actual written recap, which is something I really haven't done very much. In my podcasting history, and it is available on SupernaturalCast.com, and I'm pretty much going to read that, and then we'll maybe interject a few things here and there along the way. Supernatural recap. All right, heartache episode opens up in Minnesota, up in Minneapolis. We see a guy jogging down like a dirt path. It appears to be some sort of rural area. Or maybe a park, because this is supposed to be Minneapolis. There's a large man in an orange shirt. He runs past him pretty quickly. And then somewhere along the path, he stops in front of him. And when the first man we saw jogging stops, the second man, the larger man in the orange shirt, rips his heart out. Temple of Doom style. Oh, mom, um, um, should I? Oh, mom, um, should I? Oh, um, should I? Something like that. Um, <laughs> but not, not quite the whole shebang. Sam is taking Dean to a farmer's market, and he wanted to get an organic apple. Dean reads a story about the heart being ripped out and says six months ago the same thing happened. So he quickly deduces this must be some sort of a ritual. Sam doesn't want to leave the case of finding Kevin. Dean basically says um, they do what they will do and they will find Kevin at the same time because they cannot ignore cases like this. And so Sam and Dean, they go up there and they pose as feds as they always do. They speak to some of the local law enforcement. Uh, They find out that the jogger was in town for a conference, he was not robbed but his heart was pulled out. Uh, six months ago, they didn't really get anywhere with the first case. Um, this part of surveillance does show the chubby Paul Hayes run by. The police brought him in for questioning, and they didn't find anything in his past, and so he was let go. when Chester's go to Paul's house, who happened to be making a smoothie at the time. He tells them what he told the police. Paul goes into his past in a health scare about a year ago, and that now he's taking care of himself because his body is a temple a temple of doom. <laughs> he didn't say that. They did not find anything unusual at Paul's house, even though Dean did kind of scrounge around a little bit. Um, but now Dean finds another story of a missing heart over in Ames, Iowa. So Sam rules out Paul with the logic that he was here in Minneapolis being questioned. All right. So we go over to Iowa and the man there that did this act was a police officer, Arthur Swenson. And uh, this is following the same pattern as one year earlier. Swenson served 20 years in police force. His victim delivered a pizza at his house, and then later on he was found with his heart missing on the front walks of Swenson's home. And Swenson was on the front stoop covered in blood, crying like a little baby. He had been in court all week, so he could not have killed the jogger in Minnesota. Again, they ruled him out pretty quickly. So when Sam and Dean go to interrogate Arthur, he's mumbling in another language. And he keeps repeating the same phrase, which Sam does record. Dean does try the old holy order test there for the demons, and he's not possessed. But, again, they can't make out this unintelligible language. Later that evening, we see Arthur is in his jail cell, and apparently he gets some pretty great strength. He breaks off a piece of his metal bed and grazes it toward his face, and then the camera cuts away and we hear a yell or a scream. Sam goes back and he's listening to that recording of the babbling. Dean mentions that he bought a translation app, which seems to surprise Sam. The language shows up as unknown. We found out that Swenson had severed his optic nerve, is what the doctor told him. He was determined to remove the eye. and His vision had been saved one year ago by a transplant, interestingly enough. Paul also had a transplant, and so Dean really wants to try to find out if, if they could track down the specific person whom these organs came from. And so Sam sends the audio over to Dr. Morrison. He helped them back in Season 7 with the Amazonians and uh, they find out there was another heart attack victim over in Boulder, Colorado. And in Boulder, we see a man in a back alley named Jake. He talks with a stripper named Miranda, and at first it seems Jake is the bad guy, but nope, the lady, Miranda, rips his heart out instead. Dean is definitely happy to be out on the hunt again with Sam. He even says he's at his best when he's on, quote, Crazy Street. Dean uh, receives a call from the doctor at Ames. He learns that Paul's kidneys and Arthur's eyes came from Brick Holmes, who was a a famous quarterback, who played for, I think they end up saying 18 years in the NFL, or I don't know if they ever say NFL, but in the pros. Um, there was a total of eight people who received organs from Holmes. And uh, we go back in Colorado and we see that Randa is eating Jake's heart, and there's this red mist in the room, and uh, her eyes are glowing. It, it's pretty crazy. You know, looks to be some sort of ritual, demonic possibly. Um, The next day, Sam and Dean speak with Mrs. Holmes. Sam speaks of the accomplishments that her son had made over the years, seven division championships, four Super Bowls, 18 seasons of play, and he asks about the organ donation. She said Brick never thought he was going to die. Um, She seems kind of strange as as we go through this little interview and says that it was an accident. We learn that Brick was not married. She says he gave everything to the game. Dean asked if she noticed any changes in his behavior, and Mrs. Holmes said no, and then she kind of rushed them off, saying she had to go to the university for a naming of an athletic building. Sam and Dee pull away, and she watches. The killer from the previous evening, the stripper Randa, was upstairs and had come in through the back way, and she said she wanted to make sure Mrs. Holmes was going to be careful. Uh, Randa received Brick's heart, we learned, and she's saying that she wants to protect Mrs. Holmes, but it came across as a threat. Sam speaks with Dr. Morrison, and they learned that the language was ancient Mayan. The phrase translated is, the divine god cacao is born. He was the Mayan god of corn, and since corn was pretty important, uh, that was like their big deal. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix is the next place on an organ from Brick was transplanted, and the guy there who received the organ had not been seen in three days. Sam, we learn he's applied to a college. We don't learn which one exactly, but he says he's looking at his options. Sam and Dean break back into Mrs. Holmes' home. They search inside the master bedroom. Dean finds some hair dye, which he kind of makes some comments about. Sam found what appears to be Eleanor's closet, and they ask if she might have moved into Brick's room. Dean even makes a suggestion of incest here. At one point, just you know, looking over at the bed or whatever. Dean finds a secret room behind the closet's black wall. There is a man cave, if, we, if you will. It's full of sports memorabilia and weapons. Um, there's all sorts of things, including boxes of letters that were written to Betsy. These letters... Include references to all sorts of things, such as boxing Sugar Ray Robinson, who was a boxer back in the 40s and 50s, playing the Red Sox, driving in the Le Mans, playing the Phillies, playing the Dodgers, going to Madison Square Garden, and uh, an opponent, Alan Prost, a French race car driver from the 80s and 90s. Um, (laughs) So anyway, all sorts of sports references here. All signed, love me. The most recent one said that he was so tired of it all. Sam is soon able to determine the guy was the same guy that played all these different sports for at least 70 years. As a boxer, he posed as Kelly Durand. As a race car driver, he was Charles Carnes. As a baseball player, he was Davey Samuelson. And most recently, he was the football player Brick Holmes. Dean researches and learns that the Mayans were all about war, torture, and of course sports. They kill their victims by pulling out their hearts and eating it. And so, basically their question is, well, does this guy go back to Mayan days? and has Rick Holmes' heart-eating been spread to all the people who received his organs? Sam and Dean go back to speak with Eleanor, and they learn that his Mayan name was Inyo, and that he was a proud athlete nearly 1,000 years ago. She mentions his bargain with cacao and the sacrifices that had to occur twice a year. She loved him so much she ignored how he stayed young. She became the mother when she was in her 40s. When he saw that Eleanor's life would soon be over, he committed suicide because he did not want to live without her, Eleanor slash Betsy. She even goes on to say, which is something very important, Brick said that his heart was the key. If they stop the heart, they will stop the whole thing. And we know where the heart is. Of course, it's in the stripper Randa, who works at the bunny hole. Dean picks the lock, um, and as they make their way near the stage, the lights come up, and the heart eater walks out. Um, she has some backup from Paul from Minnesota, and the missing guy from Phoenix. Randa said she used to be a shy, awkward little thing from Georgia. ...with a heart condition, but now she's a warrior princess. She says she's sacrificing to cacao is better than sex. Dean stabs the crazy stripper, and she starts glowing red, and her two minions die, and she collapses dead on the stage. Sam and Dean return to Eleanor and let her know that it was over. She was okay with the outcome either way, if they succeeded or not. She knew if they did not, Randa would be back for her. The guys drive away. Dean likes the feeling of being like a warrior but Sam doesn't get it anymore. Sam wants to walk away once they close the case with Kevin and the tablet. Sam had a normal life for the year. He took off and he wants it back. And we do see a flashback here near the end of the episode where where basically his girlfriend was playing hide and seek with him in the garden and she surprises him with a birthday picnic along with her dog. And so Sam, we get back to him and he smiles as he remembers this fond memory. And that's pretty much how we end Episode 3 of Season 8 of Supernatural. As we go into our Supernatural 5, where we pick out five pivotal moments of the episode to kind of discuss a little bit, and then we'll move on from there. So stick around. Supernatural 5. We'll count down the top five pivotal moments of this week's episode. All right, we're going to get into our Supernatural 5. We break down five kind of important things going on this week. And one thing I think is important, as always, in this new season, the flashbacks to that year we were missing. Uh, we didn't get much this week. We got a little thing there, a little snippet at the end of Amelia and Sam's relationship of of a normal birthday together with his uh, sweet little lady there and his dog, and he definitely has some fond memories of those times, and uh, he expresses that he wants to go back to those ways and we're, I mean, honestly, that kind of stuff is going to be tied back into point one, I think, um, for this week. But I do want to bring up Amelia. And, I mean, honestly, from what we've seen in episode one, and I'm sure hopefully we'll get more, um, it did seem he left her side to go back to Dean. So, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I would hope to we'll, we'll see Amelia in the real world at some point soon. And then I assume we will see Benny and Dean back together again at some point soon as well. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave that at that. And number four on my list is brick Holmes, we learn all sorts of things about brick how his organ eating mind ways gave him basically eternal youth and athleticism and the things that people think they want i guess until they get it it reminds me of one of those old twilight zone episodes uh forget the exact one i guess i could take the time to look it up but i guess i won't um there's this older guy who wishes he um he makes a deal with the devil, I guess, that technically, and he, and I don't know, I may have said this before. Quite possible. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. He makes a deal with, I guess, Satan or some emissary thereof, and he is granted basically the ability to be um, immortal. Like, nothing will hurt him. I don't, I think at this point, he doesn't even feel pain. Like, he'll hurt himself, he'll burn himself, all these things. He'll drink hot stuff, he'll drink poison, nothing hurts him. And he ends up killing his wife. And so, within, I, very short amount of time of granted being granted eternal life. He is um, convicted of killing his wife and he's sentenced to life in prison, which is very ironic. (laughs) And uh, not that Brick Holmes had the similar situation, but for over a thousand years, he was a young vital man who competed in pretty much every sport imaginable. Um, And we have records for him in the modern era, obviously with the sports they mention, and he goes back well beyond that. And at some point, though we we do see here, even though he had wealth, he had fame, he had um, youth, he had you know all these things that people think they want, he still was kind of empty, and the only thing that really mattered to him was his his lady Betsy, who you know, became Eleanor, and uh, when he saw her life was ending soon, uh, she was getting older. He didn't want to live without her. And so that was kind of the point of the whole thing that set up this whole episode. He commits suicide on a bridge. And then afterwards, as a result of some of the things he had done through his uh, sports career, he became an organ donor, which started all the problems with all the ritualized killings. Okay, so we we covered that. I guess we're going into number three. The Mayans have been introduced. I don't remember the Mayans ever being introduced before. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that's a good way to go. I mentioned this earlier in our feedback section. Um, They could do some cool things with the Mayans. I absolutely think they should. I don't know that they will, but that would be awesome if they have an episode coming up in the next couple months, you know, next six weeks, whatever it is, and they stop the Mayan apocalypse. That would be amazing. I don't know if they were that forward-thinking or they... I don't know, but that, that would be very cool. I would absolutely think that would be amazing. So... We'll talk more about cacao in our folklore mythology section, I suppose. But I do want to bring up the fact that this was a mind god, and I really don't remember that before. I mean, so there's honestly all sorts of stuff they probably have never gotten into. You know, you think, oh, seven, eight seasons, we've got everything you could possibly think about. Well, there's lots of um, religions and faiths, And, you know, mythologies, whatever you want to call some of these early primitive things out there as well, they probably really haven't touched on. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know if they've gone into the Aztecs or the Incas or, you know, the plethora of other people of the Americas before the Europeans made it over here. So that would be an interesting thing as well. All right. So we're going to move in down into our number two category here. And, And number two, number one are kind of close together. But number two, Dean... Wants to keep working and they do. Obviously, they they save some people today, um, save people for years to come, as we've talked about before. Because all these eight people, were it not for Sam and Dean, apart from maybe the guy in prison, um, would have continued to ritually murder two people a year forever, (laughs) basically. And so they saved lots of people in the grand scheme of things. But Dean's theory was basically we've spent a week, you know, not getting anywhere, let's get to work and we're going to find some clues as we go and go to work. Because used to be um, back in the earlier seasons when there were lots of demons out or whatever, they were like, oh, there's a bunch of activity here, so that must mean something's going on there. Let's go check it out. Um, but I guess Sam doesn't have that same type of mentality anymore um, as he's kind of wanting to pull away from the hunting world, if you will. And I guess really as we get into talk about hunting, the working, uh, that really does take us into number one. And I've, I've entitled my number one point for this week is Different Strokes. For different folks, it takes. Um, we've got Sam again, who pretty much throughout the whole show has desired to have, be normal, to have a normal life. To you know, as originally the show started, he was off in college, he had left hunting behind, and that's what he wanted to do. And Sam was brought back into this lifestyle because of his father, because of Dean, and uh, you know, he's gone to hell, he's come back, he's all sorts of craziness over the the seasons of the show. But all he's ever really wanted was to be normal. At least for a little while, he was able to do that, which none of the other hunters, as we've heard before, have ever been able to quit. They were all killed before they were able to stop. And so, I don't know a couple weeks ago, I was talking about what would be a happy ending. I guess technically, if they could defeat, you know, the demons and retire, that would be a happy ending. I guess. Um uh, there's always other stuff out there. It seems like. So so that was Sam's idea. He wants to be normal. He wants to go back to college even. We find out he has applied to a college, so he's definitely trying to figure out what he wants to do. Whereas Dean, after his year-long hunting trip there in Purgatory, that's all he wants to do. He wants to be on the prowl, on the hunt, on the uh, the lookout for a fight and stuff. And so definitely that kind of, the, I mean, pretty much the same attitude they may have always had, really, if you look back. Uh, just once again kind of reiterated brought back to the surface um here in this new season which definitely again harkens back to those first couple of shows in this first couple of seasons i guess that'll probably wrap us up here in our little short five where we talk about the five pivotal things or whatever i've come up with that i want to talk about oh <laughs> uh, okay i guess we're gonna go into our next section of the show which is the old supernatural travelogue where we have a uh three places to really talk about but it's going to be short nothing like uh, that one that lasted forever and ever and ever and then we'll go into some folklore mythology and talk a little bit about some mayan gods and things i guess um uh, we'll have a few things in our pop culture section actually quite a few with all the sports references this week um uh, music i don't really don't remember anything top of my head at the moment But i'll double check my notes and then um uh, we'll definitely try to end our show as always with our contact info and our Dean quote of the week. So, we're uh, heading into the waning moments of the show now with these last little sections, usually fairly short. So, all right, we're going to hit that music and we're going to get into our travel log. It's time for the Supernatural Travel Log. All right, where well, the boys went from Minneapolis, Minnesota down to Ames, Iowa, down to Boulder, Colorado, and we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. At the beginning, that's a total of 935 miles on the old Google Maps. It's around 215 from Minneapolis to Ames and around 720 from Ames over to Boulder. So a good 15 hours or so of driving, according to the old Google Maps. And I thought we would get that out of the way before we got any further along. So I guess we'll start off with Minneapolis, and that is known as part of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, up there in Minnesota. Minneapolis is also known as the City of Lakes and the Mill City. Apparently, its name was derived from a Dakota Sioux word for water, and the word polos, the Greek word for city. Um, So it's the water city, which makes sense to being called the City of Lakes. (laughs) Apparently, it has close to 383,000 in the old population, and it is on the banks of the Mississippi River. Uh, It is obviously across the river from St. Paul, as we mentioned, the Twin Cities. In the metropolitan area there is around 3.3 million people, so definitely a big, big place. And it is the home of the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Twins in the sports world. And the old Minnesota Twins did defeat my Atlanta Braves back in the early 90s. Also the home of the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, who back in the day featured Kevin Garnett, who last was playing with the Celtics, I believe. I'm not really up to date on all that at the moment. But anyway, I guess that's enough. I mean, it's there's nothing real specific as far as uh, a haunting or anything there. It's just the fact that they went there. So Also, they were over in Ames, Iowa. Again, that's, what we say, 215 miles away from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota, okay. Don't you know. And um, it has a population of around 60,000. So, similar to, to my little town here where I live, A couple years ago, it was ranked number nine best place to live by CNN Money. That's kind of cool. It's the home of the Iowa State University of Science and Technology. For all you Lost fans out there, um, Ames, Iowa is the home of the fictional character of Kate Austin there in the old Lost. So that's kind of fun. And right now it is uh, election season and the old Iowa is a battleground state where I guess it can go either way which there's a lot of the states out there are leaning one way and the other way pretty hardcore. So apparently Iowa, Ohio, Florida, North Carolina, a few of those places are the ones that are going to, I think they refer to them also as a swing state. So those are the ones who probably end up deciding our election once again, as they kind of always do, I guess. Alright, and our last little spot this week was Boulder, Colorado. It has a population of almost 98,000, a little larger than Ames, and it's 25 miles northwest of Denver, so, you know, kind of a suburb of Denver in a, in a weird sort of way, I guess. It sits at an elevation of 5,430 feet and is kind of near the foothills, if you will, of the Rocky Mountains. Uh, apparently has a famous Western heritage as well as a destination for hippies back in the 60s. It um, also serves as the home of the University of Colorado. And since we're here in... Uh, Halloween time. Since since 1998, they have had what they call the Naked Pumpkin Run. Dozens of people take part in a Halloween run down the city streets wearing only shoes and a hollowed-out pumpkin on their heads. (laughs) And Since 2009, local police threatened participants with civil charges of indecent exposure. However, no naked runners were reported in the official newscast, although a few naked runners were observed by locals. Random, random facts there. And I guess at that point, with the Naked Pumpkin on, we'll move on into our next segment of the show, which this time around will be a little bit of our folklore and mythology, as we'll touch on some of the information about Cacao and a little bit of his Mayan stuff. This Week in Folklore and Mythology and so, um, the Mayans did recognize their staple crop, which was maize or corn, and it was very you know, vital to their life and their survival. They have their you know gods based on the fact that their corn was so important. Cacao's god body is shown to be as a tree, with a head representing the cacao pod growing on its stem. And what part of their myth, though, apparently, is that man was actually created from maize, which is interesting. There's also a popular myth at the time of, called a maize mountain, a place where corn seeds are hidden. It was it's still one of the most popular Mayan tales. But apparently, I guess that's like us, the city of gold. They have the maize mountain. They have the mountain of corn seeds instead the mountain of gold, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. The stuff that I see here, I'm looking up on the old Wikipedia, which I'm sure is the most reputable place ever. One thing I was talking about here though, um in the Mayan oral tradition, maize is usually personified as a woman, but throughout the pre Spanish things that we've seen as far as the um pottery and other you know artifacts and stuff, archaeological things, they have their cacao, the maize, whatever perceived as male, which is you know interesting, I guess. Typically, it's pictured as a, a tree, or it, or he, or she, or whatever. And it talks about how the maize gods, the cacao, is connected to lightning, how it's connected to dancing and feasting, it's connecting to scribal arts, it's connected to death and resurrection, as well as this tree of life. And so, definitely, if you take some of those ideas together, we can see some of the things here in our show, especially the part about the tree of life, I guess, how his life was extended by cacao. I don't know. It's different. I'm not familiar with the Mayan deities, so this was an interesting little thing to me. One thing it said at one point was that the cacao god had cacao pods growing from his body. And cacao, if you looked at specific word up, is actually uh, another word for cocoa. Um, So, actually saying cocoa beans, cocoa pods growing from his body on the uh, depictions. And so... That's interesting that the god of corn has chocolate on him. So I guess coming soon from the makers of Orville Red Markers, chocolate popcorn, everyone. Mm, that sounds tasty. Actually, it does kind of sound tasty, but I don't know. I've never had it. <laughs> uh, but a cacao pod, if you are unfamiliar, because I definitely was, has a rough leathery grind about three centimeters thick and is filled with sweet pulp that has 30 to 50 seeds. Anyway, I don't know much about this, so I guess we'll stop there. And we'll move on into a little bit of our pop culture segment. We'll talk about some of the pop culture-y things that are happening in this week's episode. And hopefully it'll make some more sense than what I just said about the cacao stuff. Alright, so we're going to move on to our next segment and keep the show moving right along. supernatural, and pop culture. Okay, I guess that was maybe a confusing little folklore section. I don't know. I don't know much about cacao. And uh, anyway, we're going to move on over in our pop culture talk here for just a few minutes, and we'll probably try to... We'll try to run through these things fairly quickly, and a few of them I've actually already mentioned. Uh, like I said, the heart-ripping-out thing definitely reminded me of Temple of Doom, which was the second Indiana Jones movie, technically a prequel to the original, except before the first movie came out, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and was the second of four Indiana Jones movies. Uh, in addition to those, there was also the young Indiana Jones Chronicles on TV back in the early 90s, possibly a fifth film maybe, I don't know, it's been rumored for a while now, since a lot of people weren't real happy with the way Number four turned out with the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But anyway, we're going to not get too in-depth with that. Also, at one point, the it was kind of funny, since Thor's been brought up here recently, uh, the detective there said, it's not like the guy's Thor, referring to Paul. They're the early part of the episode. And so, again, another reference to Thor. Uh, we saw his hammer not very long ago and all that kind of stuff. And one other thing we heard mentioned was, I think it was Dean said something about, Um, I like the Keith Richards version better to that effect. I don't know. Anyway, Keith Richards probably are familiar. It's a fairly old guy at this point. Member of the Rolling Stones that is famous for his kind of mumbly British accent and um, being thin. And I don't know if he still is, but he used to be a pretty famous sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of guy. So, anyway, he's an older fellow at this point. So, (laughs) who knows? Another thing we heard just briefly, we heard a mention of Sam, I think it was said he was Agent Sambora, which of course is a reference to their um, back to normal rock and roll people because that was their thing for a long time. They kind of stopped that in season seven as they were trying to get off of the radar and not using their same old aliases yet again. Richie Sambora was a guitarist and I guess technically still is. um, Songwriter, all those kind of things for Bon Jovi. Uh, he's actually had a few solo albums over the years, one, um, released last month, actually, in September, and so he's, you know, a pretty famous guy as far as rock guitars goes in the modern era. Again, I always think that's kind of funny when they bring up those rock and roll references. Um, okay, also we have, Dean, Dean sees all the memorabilia and says, man, what would this stuff go for on eBay? And granted, that's, uh, a pretty commonplace thing now I know for me I have started going on eBay back in 99 and that's when eBay was really nice because you can still go get stuff really cheap it wasn't like I don't know I, if I'd only had known then how it would become <laughs> those early days of eBay I would have been buying up stuff that I really would have liked now but who knew um <laughs> it's always that way isn't it folks but yeah ebay it's not as cheap as it used to be used to be you could get stuff pretty much whatever you're looking for for very little and uh, i remember doing that for several years um probably through the first couple years of the 2000s but here recently last few years the ebay price the amazon seller price the all those things there people know what stuff's worth i guess more a little more now or people just want to pay more for stuff i don't know what it is but people are definitely making more it seems like off of the things ever on the old ebay another few things and we've kind of mentioned a couple of this stuff before we had several professional baseball teams mentioned the boston red Sox, the philadelphia phillies the um, los angeles dodgers which usually should be the brooklyn dodgers that's what he mentioned so definitely you know with the whole sports references uh, i mean technically i guess Sports references fall in pop culture. Uh, We briefly mentioned already Sugar Ray Robinson, a boxer from back in the 40s. Madison Square Garden was mentioned, definitely one of those famous sports arenas there in New York City. Alan Prost was a race car driver, also mentioned the uh, race of the Le Mans. And so, I mean, I guess we could break down each one of those. I don't know. I don't want to go too in-depth in all the sports stuff, I guess. Um, just cause there were quite a few of them and I, I feel like that might get a little boring. And so we'll just make mention of them and, and point out they are, you know, race car drivers. They are uh, professional baseball teams and kind of leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our pop culture section and here we would normally have our, driver picks the music section and I know there was some music being played at one point outside of the club you could hear something being played inside the club I couldn't tell what that was and I didn't really catch anything else that was real front and center I mean there could have been something but as far as I know I don't have anything to put into a music section other than I could have mentioned Richie Sambora there I suppose and the music of Bon Jovi but um (laughs) I guess we'll We'll move on from here, and that will pretty much wrap up our show. We're going to tell you how you can get in contact with us. We'll have our Dean Quote of the Week, and we'll have our outro. And then hopefully soon, in a few days, we'll have another episode of Supernatural Cast. But just so you can know, you can go over to SupernaturalCast.com. You can find all this information there. You can email us over at mail. You can call into the show at 203-74-SUPER. That's 203-747-8737. And you can call anytime with your Supernatural questions, comments, theories... Um, whatever you might want to do. We'd love to hear from you that way. You can also tweet us. We are on the Twitter at SupernaturalCast. Again, I always try to explain this. It is Supernatural without the L. So SupernaturalCast at the Twitter. We're on Facebook and Google+. Plus. If you want to find us there, you can also find us in iTunes. And if you'd like to, you can leave us a little star rating or a review there. And uh, maybe we can have a few more people join in on the fun here, and which is always more fun, I guess. <laughs> Without my podcast, I would definitely love to hear more from you and less of me and some of this stuff. So anyway, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please, if you have any thoughts or theories about um, heartache or next week's episode, would love to have those for episode number four for season eight um, as we come back up you know, here hopefully in a few more days. And so, all right, well, I guess that's going to wrap us up. I'm going to play our Dean Quote of the Week here in just a moment. And uh, our episode will be over for now. And so, for the Supernatural cast, I am Jimmy in Georgia. Peace. It's time for the Dean Quote of the Week. Right, cases coming together. Things are coming together, man. You and me. It's all good. Hey. What are you thinking about? Organic tomatoes? Um, I'm not thinking about anything. How about you, bud? This last year has given me a new perspective. I hear you. Believe me. I know where I'm at my best, that is right here, driving down Crazy Street next to you.